This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. friends hello hello so before i get into this interview with danny mantrenga uh by the way i want to just announce that his instagram is dynamic danny instead of uh the the one i uh, had him say at the very end so to get that out of the way uh i put in the show notes as well dynamic danny not uh mind pump danny anyways uh, this is going to be an episode just around fitness. That is why you want to find Danny out on Instagram. Because this dude is a fitness guru. Um, in the making, at least. I mean, he's not the first guy that pops up when you type in fitness on Google. But really, who is? Because, let's just face it. The fitness industry is so saturated. And it becomes almost anxietal just thinking about who to actually follow and what diet plan to get on like should I intermittent fast should I do this should I do that should I do ketogenic should I do low carb should I carb cycle what's good for weight loss or what's good for muscle gain should I eat carbs should I not eat carbs should I eat fats what fats should I eat I know it's mind-boggling And this is an episode that just goes through and gives you a simple blueprint on where to go and find the right resources for you and the expert advice to really find out what's going to work best for you because you are what matters. And so with that being said, I want you to find Danny on Instagram and follow his stuff as well as really, really ask yourself this one question. Who am I going to go to for expert fitness advice? Just choose a couple because there's so many out there that if you're anything like me, you can almost get overwhelmed with all the amount of information out there. all the information out there so that's why I uh, am just going to leave it off there Um, that was my phone sorry about that in the background it's real life happening in the moment Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Danny Mantranga and myself
Hey, you. Just you. Yeah, just you. The one who's struggling with their body image because, well, you can always be more muscular, leaner, healthier, more flexible, or stronger. Well, I want you to know, first of all, you're not alone in your fitness aspirations. I mean, every day we look at ourselves in the mirror and we never, ever really accept what we look like. And doing this over and over and over is hard. I know because I'm there with you. And the more difficult part is knowing who to listen to because we live in a digital age where anyone who has a decent smartphone can hook themselves up with a sick-looking Instagram by using some different filters and angles to make their body look amazing. You know, show off those shirtless pics, show off those booty pics. And now they come to you, if you've got a decent body, with all these questions. Questions ranging from what to eat, when to eat, how to sleep, when to sleep, how to work out, what's the perfect diet for me, right? Well, if you're confused by all the overload of information about fitness, then this episode is for you. Danny wants to make an impact in the lives of others through my mission for health and wellness And he believes that this impact will help their physical fitness and wellness. And he has worked with over a hundred of clients and has witnessed the aid of fitness in both their mental, emotional, and overall health, thus strengthening their resilience by improving self-confidence, self-image, and self-love, which totally aligns with the mission of this show. So, Without further ado, I'd love to introduce you guys all to Danny Montraga. How you doing, Danny, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. Dude, thanks for coming on Scratch Your Own Itch. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dude, so uh, it's Montranga, right? It's actually Matranga, but mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll give you some, some leeway there, seeing as how 9 out of 10 people that take a shot at that mess it up the first time. Dude, I'm the worst. I'm the worst, man. That was pretty close. That was that was better than than most. So no no problem. Well, uh, luckily, this show is all about just messing up and falling on your face and uh, the traumas that go along with it. So I'm gonna kind of um, just go with it and be okay that I messed up with saying your last name. I looked, dude. I tried my hardest too to look up uh, like other videos of people saying your last name and. There was really nothing there, so um, I could care, I could care less, man. It's totally fine. I really don't care. Thanks, Danny, man. Well, um, hey, man, I wanna make some impact uh, with you and make some people feel a little less alone. So I'd like to. I know that you're a personal trainer and you have had over a hundred. I mean, just a, a bunch of clients that probably uh, struggle with self body image. And I'd love to kind of um, talk about your story too, about how um, you've struggled with depression and body image issues. Um, so do some reverse hacking and and also some possibility hacking. And uh, if you don't mind uh, sharing us that story about depression or self body image issues and 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 what you do today now to get better. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, first and foremost, um, the my utilization of exercise 
uh, initially started as a kind of a means of getting out of a depression in uh, early adulthood, in my teenage years, that's really when I started working out. Um, I didn't necessarily work out for any other reason than I needed to just blow off some steam at the time. And ironically, that ended up becoming my passion in my career. But um, on the note of depression and self-image and you know, self-worth, all the things that I know that this show is about. Um, you know, I had a pretty tumultuous upbringing with uh, my parents. Um, you know, they went through a divorce. My father got into a pretty destructive marriage after my mother and him split up. That was uh, definitely not the ideal picture and not the ideal relationship situation that you would want to see uh, growing up. But again, I think that that brought with it some resilience for me down the line. Um, my mom wasn't particularly involved in my life in my teenage years, so I didn't have that uh, female figure. And my father was dealing with an illness, so there was a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, uh, a lot of anger, and an inability to kind of put that into words at 16, 17 years old um, because the world was so new to me. I didn't really understand. Uh, I felt like I was a victim. I felt like I couldn't get out of that loop. Um, and then obviously you're dealing with a lot of the trials and tribulations of just being a teenager, which is difficult enough, even if, you know, everything in your life is, uh, balanced, so to speak, it's hard to, uh, grow up in society, especially the way things are now. So I ended up working out purely for sports. Um, and I found that I really enjoyed it as a means of blowing off steam and, uh, I fell in love with fitness and working out and the sport of bodybuilding and powerlifting. And I used that very early on to kind of mitigate, manage um, my depression. And I still do to this day. Dude, that's awesome. It did. So it really, it was just sort of an outlet and a way of, to just escape from life. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's odd how, some of us choose alcohol or some of us choose drugs or some of us choose, um, you know, some, there's gotta always be a form of just escapism. And, and I, I know that for me, fitness has been a form of escapism. And I know that, uh, if it wasn't for fitness, uh, I would probably be, um, I don't know where I would be. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be around to be honest. I, uh, this podcast and also just fitness alone has definitely kept me going. But um, I want to ask you about specifically, was there any conversations growing up that you had with people um, in which uh, you just, you had to go work out because someone maybe said like, hey, Danny, you're looking small or Danny, oh, you, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, growing up, I was always relatively undersized. So whatever sport I was involved in, I was never the biggest person on the team. And I'm only about five, nine anyway. So to be successful in athletics, some degree of, of vertical height um, comes into play. So I wasn't going to win that game. So I was definitely determined to, um, at least be strong and capable, um, in sport by doing resistance training and trying to maximize my athletic potential. But I had had a few coaches uh, tell me that I wouldn't be able to play at the higher levels or at the next level 
um, unless I was stronger. And that really drove me into the weight room. And uh, it wasn't a particularly negative feedback. And don't get me wrong, I would never talk to a teenager the way my coaches talk to me. What but, would they say? Um, what would they? What, what would they say? Oh, you know, like, oh, bro, you're way too small. Come on, you got to put some meat on those bones. Like, predominantly negative feedback, nothing positive. But I think that's the majority of youth coaching in this uh, society, and uh, we definitely have issues with how we coach our youth in sport. That's that's a topic for another day. That's a rabbit hole that I could go down um, pretty deep. But um, I am so fortunate that the majority of my influence to work out um, was relatively positive in that the issues I had with the image of my body um, actually came along later, kind of as you mentioned earlier with the, uh, per- like the pervasiveness of social media in the, la- in the uh, more recent years. That's really been a bigger piece for me than anything. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd love to get into that then. Um, because we do live in that age where we can get on the phone and we go on there, for example, like I love Instagram because it is a great source for how to get tips and tricks from, from people that I look up to, like one that we both are fans of being mind pump, like seeing Sal's work and seeing Justin and, and also Adam's work and the sort of, the sort of like nutrition, uh, expertise that they actually give out and the myth myths that they often bust. But let's face it, five minutes into it, you're comparing yourself to the way that everybody else looks. And so now you have this self-body image issue of like, okay, now I got to do what they're doing. And I'd like to kind of get into what you have found with your clients that's just I mean, obviously, the answers are going to probably range from it depends, but I would definitely like to get into that sort of like, what are a few things that people can start doing today with uh, nutrition? And what are myths like, you know, what the fasting myth, like, are you going to lose muscle if you work out fasted or, you know, those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, we can we can hit those one at a time for sure. So I would find... I realized Which I was like, would a... you like me to focus on first because there's so many <laughs> things. There's social media, there's fasting, there's yeah. working out, there's so much. Should we start with the social media and, and whatnot? Yeah, or how I'd do you want to attack that? Yeah, I think the social media is a big one just because of so many people suffering from social media compare. Yeah, I think that that is extremely pervasive uh, now more so than ever. Um, you know, I see this quite often with males and females. And I'm going to just throw it out there that I think the majority of fitness celebrities on Instagram provide very little actionable or valuable content to their subscribers or followers. They're pretty much uh, exclusively providing pseudo-pornographic material of themselves that may or may not motivate you, but I think more often than not discourages a great deal of people. do not get me wrong. There are some incredible influencers on social media that post predominantly positive content, but the majority of the fitness space, especially on Instagram, is dominated by men and women who either are uh, they have incredible physiques and they're displaying that with zero substance behind it whatsoever. And if you are a highly impressionable novice trainee or a young man or young woman. And every time you scroll, 
every other image are these incredible physiques um, that can be somewhat damaging time and time again. If there's no substantial or actionable content to go along with it, you're just left wondering, well, how do they look like that? Why don't I look like that? And I think if you do that every day for hours a day, which most young people do spend hours a day on social media, that is a destructive feedback loop for your body image and self-image. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. It's, it's amazing how bad you can feel just being on Instagram for like four minutes. And, and then also not to mention the sort of constant hatred that happens within those comments. Like I, I just, that's why I'm so lucky to have, I think podcasting is my main, main uh, contributor to where I get my knowledge because I, there's just less hate that's happening on podcasts. Um, and there's less uh, sort of like, uh, like bashing someone's techniques. And, and that's what, it's also another thing that I'd really like to bring up too is like, what have you seen that's actually worked for your clients as far as uh, a fitness routine? Like, is it body part splits? Is it full body workouts? Like, what do, what do you think oh, yeah, generally works? I can definitely get into that. I would like to close that last thing. Uh, I kind of want to comment on that. I think that humanity ends where social media commenting begins. <laughs> there is so much destructive uh, communication on social media, whether it's uh, haters, so to speak, or just you know uh, unsubstantiated claims going back and forth. There's a lot of negativity in that space. So again, I I really want to get the message out there that the majority of your fitness and wellness information is probably better sourced from podcasts or um, places on the internet with a lot less buzz and a lot less garbage going on than Instagram or Facebook. Um, but the next question as for, you know, what body part split or what training routine works best Um that is completely dependent on the individual's level of training, their uh, familiarity with fitness and, and, and working out. So I approach it in several different ways. The big question, and it's always going to be the number one question, is what is the goal of the client or what is the goal of the individual? Um, and then why is this important to the client and why does this matter to the individual? And those two tenants really make up the core of the program. The first thing is what do they want to accomplish? And then obviously the second and the major driver is why does that matter to them? Uh, after you have that as a trainer, a strength and conditioning coach, then um, program design has several different modalities and methodologies by which you could go about accomplishing that goal. There's obviously some concrete factors, but there's a million ways to skin a cat. <laughs> I love that you say that. There are a million ways to skin a cat, um, certainly. Uh, and that's what's so tough about it. Um, and that's, I think, why it's so important to actually hire a coach and invest in a coach if you're thinking about, like, this could be the for the person too that is like, you know, hey, I I actually do love working out, but I feel like I work out too much and I overwork out. But I I, I wanna I wanna make 
money doing this. So I should become a personal trainer. And I think before you even become a personal trainer, and you can agree with me or disagree with me, should you first get a coach and see if uh, one is going to actually maybe help you get to your fitness goals? And then if you if you like the way they do their you know, their fitness routine and how their lifestyle is, would you recommend them maybe becoming a personal trainer themselves? Yeah, I think that um, obviously having a coach or a positive influence in that space is going to be huge. I'm sorry my phone keeps buzzing, by the way. I, I can't find out how I'm going to shut that off. No, I couldn't anyway. even hear it. No worries. Okay, okay. Um, I think that having a coach is very important. And again, that's somebody who's going to kind of introduce you to that realm. And we have coaches in sport. We have trainers. We have strength and conditioning coaches. Whoever it may be that has that influence on you to potentially pursue personal training, wellness coaching, whatever it may be, having somebody who you can model yourself after is super important. I don't think it's a requisite, though, for being successful. I think the biggest determinant in someone's success in this industry is their desire to help other people, uh, first and foremost. It does, it's significantly less important than your love of health and fitness. Because I have met dozens of trainers who love health and fitness, but they don't love other people enough to branch out into helping them. So the biggest determinant of someone's success in personal training, wellness coaching, whatever you want to call it, is do they have a genuine passion and desire to help other people? Hey, uh, I got a really quick message to deliver to you. If you're looking to start telling your own story, because honestly, podcasting is one of the best ways to do it, as well as grow your social network. And I'm not talking about just growing your social network, broadening it. I'm talking about putting yourself in contact with people that cost usually millions and thousands and thousands of dollars just to talk to a couple minutes. And they're willing to come on your podcast because they also want to share their story. And they want to instruct people in the right way and not just feel like they're wasting their time because, well, time is finite. It's valuable. So if you need to start your own podcast, like, soon, please contact me at logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com. And I'm only taking a few people only because... I want to make sure that their message is right. And it's not just starting a podcast because they thought it would be cool, but really starting a podcast in order to create a life worth living and making impact that matters. Well, back to my interview. Dude, I, I'm so happy you say that. Like, oh, that fills, that fills me up because that really does help someone find out because like purpose right now is a huge buzzword and, and you finding out your why and finding out why you're on this planet. And I think it comes down to really just that one question of, do you really love helping people when it comes down to possibly sacrificing your fitness gains or your fitness levels? Um, because if you're not ready to sacrifice those, like, then unfortunately maybe personal training isn't for you um, because you're just all about yourself and your own selfish goals, which is fine. Like go start that YouTube channel and just work on just having a nice body like all the time. But uh, thank you for saying that, Danny, man. 
Yeah, I mean, and there's so many ways that you can make an impact in that space. But if you don't have compassion and empathy, working one-on-one with clients is extremely difficult and very taxing. And perhaps, you know, the avenue for you is social media, or maybe that is YouTube, or both. But it's very difficult to work one-on-one with general population client hell if you're not uh, extremely empathetic and uh, very passionate about making an impact on their entire life. Oh, yeah, it's just I've I don't think that's spoken about very much. Uh, at least you don't hear about that at all. Because I, dude, I mean, how many people have you met at the gym that are like, dude, I kind of want to do what you're doing, like personal training. That's cool. Like you get to pay to work out, you know. <laughs> and it's like, uh, not exactly, right? I mean, there's so much more than meets the eye. Yeah, I mean, I've I've met dozens in, um, you know, working in fitness management. I actually try to source trainers who I believe have high levels of empathy or high levels of interpersonal skills, because I can teach you the ins and outs of fitness. I can teach you the periodization mechanics and nutritional practices that will make somebody successful in their weight loss goals or their performance goals, but I cannot teach you how to connect with people and care about people. That is something that is developed over time and maybe innate and really shines in some people more than others. And those are the people that I really look to um, take under my wing and develop because uh, I'm at a point where my main goal is developing other trainers because that makes a bigger impact than developing my clients. And don't get me wrong, I have clientele, quite a few, but if I can find and, and create and mold a great trainer, you know, he's going to make or she's going to take 20 or 30 people and change their lives. Um, so that's, that's kind of my big focus. Yeah, I love that all. Uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit and um, ask you about your relationship with, uh, with diet and what you often give people just right away they come to you and they go, all right, I really just, my goal is to lose, lose fat and build muscle because of course they want both. You know what I mean? What do you tell that client? Well, the first thing I tell almost every client I get whose, whose main goal is to lose weight is I need them to get more, 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 and more, more protein, more water, more vegetables, and more sleep. And inevitably they look back at me like, what? And I tell them, I need you to get more water because you're probably dehydrated, more protein because you're probably not getting enough, more vegetables because you probably don't eat them, and more sleep because you're probably way too stressed. And then if they can handle that, we can move into the nuances of nutrition and in dieting. But because that is such a difficult thing to modify in people because nutrition is emotional, it's behavioral, it's deeper than just you know making the right decision every time. It's, it's, it's so much more complex than that. I'm a firm believer that when we're talking about nutrition, we have to start very, very simple. We have to take the client and empower them by getting as many small, easy wins, little baby victories as we possibly can, and continue to feed that positive feedback loop of independence and control over their nutritional choices because the majority of people do not have conscious control of their eating habits. They have a very difficult time controlling what they eat or understanding what to eat. So you have to start simple. 
have you like what was um and you don't have to obviously come out and say anything about a client but have you uh seen a, a lot of clients have eating disorders uh that they didn't even know that they have had and 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 what do you do with them then yeah i've worked with clients who have both eating disorders and disordered eating and um if a client has a genuine eating disorder um uh, like an anorexia or a bulimia or something within that realm uh it's you know it's beyond me uh as much as i'd love to help that person needs uh counseling and and help uh beyond what i believe i'm capable of doing can i be a uh, linchpin in this relationship with that person? Absolutely. I can be there to help them, but I think that they need to be referred out. As for people who have disordered eating habits, I see this all the time. I see people that eat the same exact food every day at the same exact time and they refuse to deviate from that. I see people that completely take entire food groups out of their diet because they think they're bad. I see people that add entire food groups into their diet because they think they're superfoods that are going to save them. And uh, I see these types of disordered eating habits all the time. And I genuinely believe that the best nutritional protocol is one that is not only sustainable, but one that uh, really nourishes the body, all 11 organ systems within the body, and allows the person to do what they want in life and not be hyper-restricted. That's awesome. That's so, uh, that's great to, to hear because it's covering so many more bases um and we don't think long term very often we think I mean, it's just easy to think short term like i mean really it is to go okay this is working for me now and then all of a sudden you know in four months when your knees are shot because you've been running 14 miles a day or with food when uh all of a sudden you just cannot take the constant headaches because of hunger pangs or, you know, all that stuff that goes into under eating. And oh, I mean, it's just, it's sad. It really is sad. But, um, and that's the hardest part is to be able to, to take on the change when the change has to happen. Um, what is, what is, uh, what is one form of eating that you really do think is safe in which people can uh like do you recommend eating five meals a day six meals a day two meals a day what do you think is best for someone or maybe not the word best um, but you think yeah, is, is think sustainable optimal optimal yeah. and sustainable is all relative to lifestyle so i think the number of meals you eat per day should align itself with what you do in that day and what your performance needs are for that day um Again, with more more clients than not, I find that there is actually a degree of under eating going on. Um, and a lot of people get a relationship with food that they think it is the enemy. So having to reintroduce food into their diet to get them to lose weight is like this incredible paradigm shifting moment that can usually result in backlash or them completely abandoning the program because you're telling them to eat more. But what's specific? I'm sorry to interrupt. What specific protein, carbohydrates, or fats usually? If I'm going to have somebody eat more? Yeah. Generally, they're under eating on carbohydrate. So I will usually try to reintroduce some form of complex carbohydrate because I find when most people cut out a food group, they completely eliminate carbohydrate from the diet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and again, their intention 
is good. When they cut out a carbohydrate, what they're really trying to cut out is sugar. But what they end up cutting out is an energy source that can fuel you through the day. So I'm fine if you want to cut out sugar, go ahead. But that doesn't mean that you don't need grains and things like that in your diet to fuel your lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be grains, obviously. It could be rices, it could be potatoes, it could be many things. But all they're eating all day is protein, which is great. But more people than not need some degree of carbohydrate as an energy source in their diet. Most people cannot go strictly ketogenic sustainably. And I find that most people that are under eating are usually depriving themselves of carbohydrate. They live a pretty lethargic lifestyle and they get to this place of adapted thermogenesis or metabolic damage where they can't lose weight no matter how hard they work out and no matter how much they starve themselves. Which is like the worst. Um, yeah, it's a recipe for implosion. Yeah, and that's ultimately what you know manifests in being depressed. I mean, let's face it, like we look at ourselves every single day and uh, you know, there's even though maybe people aren't seeing it, you see it. You feel like you're the only one who has this problem of of uh, working out really, really hard. I mean, I know, I know myself. Like you know, sometimes you get into a, a rabbit hole where that thing that was working is just no longer working. Of of under eating, or maybe uh, working out uh, on the cardio treadmill a little bit too much, and then going okay. Well, uh, nothing is working. I'm on this treadmill for like, you know, six hours a day and I got to get off. Like, <laughs> um, so what is, uh, what is one, what is one thing people can do today as far as like taking their nutrition into their power and actually, uh, start feeling better about themselves? It's a great question. I, I like the word eat with intent or the phrase eat with intent. Uh, eat with the intent to nourish your body. Eat with the intent to uh, fuel your body. Uh, a healthy body and a well-fueled body is generally a good-looking body. A starved body, a deprived body is generally not a great-looking body. And if you rearrange your relationship with food to be focused on wellness rather than focus on aesthetic, the aesthetic will usually follow. But if you focus your nutritional eating habits exclusively on aesthetic and you're not extremely well-versed in the intricacies of nutrition, you can do a lot of damage to the other areas of your life. So eat with intent to be well and be healthy. Eat a diversified array of foods from different food groups. Get a coach, a nutritionist, a dietitian to work with you on this. Be patient. Don't rush the process. And remember that at the end of the day, one day, one meal, one fall up, one slip up is not going to make or break you. Just be patient and trust the process. Oh, thank you for saying that. One meal, one slip up, one you know, one bad workout, all that stuff. Like it's not going to be it's so it's so minuscule. And uh, it's the same thing with forming a habit, right? Like all those things, people are probably overwhelmed with the amount of things that they feel like they need to do, right? Like, oh, get a coach. Okay, now I've got to like make sure I eat enough carbohydrates, like all that stuff. Uh, 1% better is better than not doing anything at all. So if you know, if you're having, I, I, I think if you're having four sodas a day, you know, even if they're diet sodas, like having maybe three sodas the next day, or, you know, maybe two sodas and, and drinking 
one glass of water because you're not drinking any water right now. Like those mini little uh, habits, I think uh, they start to, to pile up and you become the person that you actually want to start to becoming and more, more so even feeling better, which is even the best is when you, when you feel a certain way, you don't want to go back to how you used to feel. Right. Yeah. You, you have to win one battle at a time. If you ever intend to win the war. Yo, um, dude, that's the huge. only way to do it. That's I love that. Um, Hey man, I'd love to ask you how much sleep should we get? Like, Sleep is hard, man. Like I know that like some days I'm actually more tired when I'm sleeping eight hours a night. What's up with that? Uh, yeah, that's actually a pretty great question. Uh, I myself am not a sleep expert. However, what I do know about sleep and uh, the majority of the information that I know about sleep, I got from, sorry, uh, Dr. Amy Bender. Uh, she's quite quite well versed in the intricacies of sleep science for performance but i think as a general rule of thumb we should shoot for six to eight hours of sleep per night um try to get restful sleep consistently sleep through that full six to eight hours if you wake up feeling lethargic uh meaning you like slept longer than normal and you wake up and you're even more tired most likely what happened was you woke up in one of your deeper sleep cycles and it's really hard to break out of that deep sleep cycle. A lot of times what happens with people when they nap is they nap for about 30 minutes, they wake up, they feel great. But if they nap for 40 minutes, they wake up and they're super crabby and they just want to go back to sleep. Well, what happened in that 10 minutes was you started to trickle into a deep sleep cycle and your body started to shut down and go into its parasympathetic state of ultimate relaxation. And then you get abruptly woken up from that. You can be very upset and angry. So I don't recommend uh, long naps. I like to keep my naps under 20, and I like to shoot for six to eight hours of restful sleep per night. I like to make sure that I put technology away at least 30 minutes to an hour prior to going to sleep to let my circadian rhythm fully slip into effect. Because all of that light in your eyes can definitely affect the sleep quality that you have. Uh, and I think that those tips should be more than sufficient for somebody who's just looking to improve their sleeping habits. Thanks, man. For to, to, I, You don't say you're an expert, but that sounded like pretty expert advice to me, my friend. Uh, that, was, uh, that was great. Yeah, I really... I, I'm going to check out uh, Amy Bender, right? I think her Instagram or social media is sleep for sport, but um, she's got a lot of information out there on the internet space uh, as it pertains to sleeping for athletes. So um, if it's good enough for Olympic level athletes, it's good enough for me, I like to say. So she's yeah. a great resource. Um, and uh, look into terms like sleep hygiene and things like that, because in the space that is the internet, there's a ton of great information out there uh, about getting a healthy night's sleep and creating a really healthy morning and evening routine. Um, and then the last thing I would say as it pertains to getting up in the morning is ditch the snooze button. Um, every time you hit that snooze button, you get a little dopamine drip and you actually end up creating a feedback loop of wanting to continually hit that snooze button. And I know people that can hit that sucker eight to ten times. 
And they love to wake up every 10 minutes and hit it and keep going back. And it's a pretty vicious cycle. Uh, when your alarm goes up, when your alarm goes off, get up, get acclimated, set that routine. Or, you know, get up when the sun's out. When your body woke up the first time is, is probably more than sufficient sleep. Get up, get moving. Um, don't continue to hit the snooze and move on with your day. Yeah, that's uh, that's... I didn't know that. That's actually a really good point that you bring up is that dopamine shot, which is uh, something that I kind of want to ask you is uh, where where do you get those dopamine shots within your work nowadays? Oh, man, nothing feels better to me than occasionally I'll get like a text message from a client um, where... After a workout's ended, I'll be at home. Maybe I'm relaxing. Maybe I'm cooking in the kitchen and my phone will buzz. And I got one last week and my client just said, nothing in my life makes me feel better than when I finish a really great workout. I feel so good. Um, and that type of impact really makes me feel awesome. So when I see somebody in my life making improvements or uh, especially in that health and wellness space, because that's what I'm passionate about, that's what really lights me up. Um, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes me excited. That's what gets my dopamine flaring up. Um, so any improvement with my clients or breakthroughs with my clients is, is really what makes me excited. That's do that, that, that feedback to hear that is just, uh, you don't realize the impact that you're having on people unless they voice it out. And let's face it. People are, um, I don't like to look in terms of people being lazy, but people are lazy and they often, even if they're getting results from something uh, that they found on the internet or they're getting results from a friend, uh, we can sometimes create bad habits, which is uh, not even telling that th that friend thank you or that personal tr trainer maybe of yours like, hey, thanks. Like I, f I feel really, really good after these workouts and to just hear someone actually take the initiative to actually say, hey, Danny, thank you so much for what you've done. Because honestly, I couldn't imagine myself without that workout now. It's like, I just get this great high off of it, which is, um, which is addicting too in, a, in, a, in, a, in an awesome way. But also, what, do you have any clients uh, right now that are uh, over-exercising? And what do you do with them that are just like, they love that? Because I know, I know myself, I'm, I'm asking this for personal reasons, because I know I myself like love working out and to take two days off is just really hard. Yeah, I, I, I currently don't. I'm so selective with my clientele at this point. I mean, the majority of them are just completely dialed in. But being in the industry for five years, absolutely. I, I see this all the time. Um, the ideology that more is better is, is very pervasive in our space. And... That's simply not the case. Um, when it comes to exercise, the goal, and, and this is where I get a little bit sciencey, so you can totally stop me if I go uh, off the deep end here for your listener base, but the goal should be to train at what we call the minimum effective stimulus or slightly above that, meaning the right amount of exercise to stimulate the goal you want. So if your goal is to get strong, you do the amount of exercise you need to get strong. If your goal is to build muscle hypertrophy, you do enough volume to stimulate hypertrophy. And we would categorize that as what I call the MES or the minimum effective stimulus. 
And then at the top range, you have what we call the maximum recoverable volume, which is the highest amount of work that you can do to generate that stimulus. And your goal as a trainee who wants to train sustainable is to land somewhere in between the minimum effective dose and the maximum recoverable volume, which is to say enough to get it done, but not too much to burn out. Because if you go above what you can recover from, you will not elicit the adaptation, period. And I run into, for every one person I find that doesn't work out hard enough, I find quite a few who overdo it or they just don't train intelligently or maybe they don't train too hard, but they train for too long. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, yeah, of course. Uh, that's why the experts are the experts. But this this does correlate so much with uh, people's ability to just be happy because I think like oftentimes we're not happy because we feel like we didn't do enough or we need more in life. So it kind of, it correlates, uh, I believe at least directly to your levels in, in just having a good mood on things to be able to go home and say, okay, I did enough at the gym instead of going home and being like, you know, gosh, I could have done more, you know, and, and feeling bad about yourself and then going on Instagram and it's the same, you know, vicious circle of going on Instagram and be like, I should have worked out harder. But uh, I think that's a myth right there that you busted is, is the minimum effective dose. So what is the minimum effective dose? Um, and that could be a it depends answer. But uh, what's something to keep it stupid simple for the average person that uh, just is trying to get into building some muscle and building some strength? How many, how many days a week would you recommend them working out? Well, so the, the latest research um, generally finds that a volume of anywhere between 8 to 10 sets per week per muscle group is sufficient for hypertrophy. Uh, and obviously, if you've been training for a little bit longer, you probably need to do a bit more than that. But research also shows that going extremely high on volume, you get to a place of diminishing marginal return. So if 10 is good and 15 is a little bit better, it doesn't mean that 30 is really great. As a matter of fact, 30 and 15 might have close to the same uh, hypertrophy results. So I would recommend between 10 and 15 sets per muscle group. And you can go ahead and spread that out into two to three training sessions per week. So depending on what split or what workout routine you like to do, if you like to do total body three times a week or a push-pull leg or upper-lower or whatever, if you fall within those parameters, you'll probably be successful. Um, and just to kind of cap off my last, um, my last point, uh, the National Strength and Conditioning Association uh, and the, the NSCA is pretty concurrent with some of the symptoms of overtraining. And they can be categorized with the following. So I'm, I'm reading this for you from the NSCA text. Uh, too much training can lead to mood disturbances included but not limited to depression, loss of appetite, uh, loss of competitive drive, joy in life, loss of libido, apathy, anxiety, irritability. So too much training disrupts your hormonal profile and it can absolutely make things like depression uh, and anxiety and irritability actually worse. 
So you want to be very careful with how you use exercise as a um, treatment for things like anxiety and depression, because while it can be extremely beneficial, more is not always better. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing to hear. Uh, that's really, really, really useful for people that are uh, on that other spectrum. You know what I mean? I, I know that I, I gained some listeners from people that are at the gym a lot. And I know I love it too. Like I, but if I'm, if I'm at the gym, usually I'm just walking on the treadmill, which is a simple, like I'll get, you know, my, my 40,000 steps in a week or whatever, just by walking on the treadmill and doing, cause I do a lot of tech geek stuff, you know, on the internet and, and, uh, you know, if I'm editing my podcast or all that kind of stuff, I just rather be walking or if I'm reading, I often will fall asleep. Um, reading if I'm just sitting down stagnated, not doing anything, but I don't, I don't really uh, push the running too much. And I I don't think anybody should, unless they're training for a marathon. Um, but that's just my opinion. I'm not an expert like you're my, you or, you know, you're not, you're not far off. Uh, cardio is usually the the variable with most people looking to either get lean, shredded, or just lose weight. That's usually overdone. Most people overdo it on the cardio. So, um, my prescription for most people is anywhere between uh fifty to eighty minutes in the gym, with you know, or fifty to ninety minutes, I should say, with no more than you know sixty minutes spent on rigorous exercise. So. If you're really pushing it, say you go to the gym for 90 minutes and you're, and you're going to do a 15-minute warm-up and maybe 15 minutes of mobility and, and train hard for an hour, that's plenty. You know, Get out of there. Or if you're someone like myself who has pretty good mobility, I'll generally just you know do a five-minute uh, five global warm-up, dynamic warm-up, and I'll get right into my workout and I'm usually done in under an hour. Uh, because if, as, as you continue to push it, you start to get a pretty negative hormonal profile or release of things like cortisol that can be, uh, pretty damaging and stressful in high amounts. Ah, yeah. And that, uh, the cortisol, if anybody isn't in, uh, I guess, you know, in with the cortisol, cortisol is that awesome energy that you actually feel sometimes, you know, it's the reason why like. Sometimes you don't need a cup of coffee until like I think mid afternoon because your cortisol spikes in the in the in the morning from waking up, um, which is different every day, of course, depending on your hydration levels and depending on your sleep uh, measurement. But I think that uh, oftentimes people can uh, like feel that cortisol being that awesome like energy high, and you get addicted to that, of course. But if it happens too often during the week. Uh, or multiple times a day, which oftentimes people like to do that, that that's when things can go south real fast. And, and you, can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, occasionally high cortisol is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but, you know, not, cortisol and endorphin should not be confused. You know, endorphin is a hormone um, that is released uh, endogenously when exercise is rigorous. It is a natural analgesic it's a natural pain reliever um that's what contributes to that runner's high uh endorphin is literally the morphine within so you know it contributes to a runner's high but systemically high cortisol levels can lead to things like weight gain uh flushed face mood swings anxiety uh libido being in the in the pits 
you know, higher risk of osteoporosis, acne, you know, tons of things. So if you're really overworking yourself all the time in the gym and your cortisol is always at a very high level, that can be quite damaging. Uh, I, 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 um, so what's one thing someone can, uh, I guess what's one little measurement other than libido, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe sleep, 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 just being totally off. What's a couple of things people can start doing to actually like recovering from that overexercising? Is it just taking an entire week off the gym and just doing only walking or is it, um, what do you recommend? Oh, that's a great question. So again, that is really a big old, it depends. Um, I would recommend if somebody is genuinely um, having hormonal dysfunction from working out too much, that they try to wean themselves down to a recoverable uh, workout. They try to lower what they're doing till they get to a place where that symptomology starts to go away. And that shows up all the time when I find clients that are over-exercising and under-eating and they're not losing weight and I have them cut back on their workouts and increase their food and all of a sudden you're losing weight. What does that say? You know, that says that you were probably living in a hormonal environment that was disrupted and suboptimal. So a lot of times my best recommendation for somebody who's training really, really hard and not seeing results is to cut back a little bit on the training, uh, give your body the opportunity to adapt uh, instead of destroying it every time you go to the gym. That's uh, that's a, I think that's a good way to end it off. Uh, although I would like to ask you, just because um, you've given so many amazing actionable tips right off the bat, uh, really for those people that. I think are both spectrums, either the people that haven't worked out very much and want to kind of introduce themselves to workouts or that person that's just doing it too much. And that could be the very cause of your, you know, you're just feeling like you suck in life. And that is not cool at all. I know what it's like to be depressed. Uh, that's exactly why I started this show. And I know what it's like to even more so to to not only feel like you're depressed, but to actually be numb and to not feel like you have the ability or the power to actually change um, until it gets so bad to where you have to change. And, uh, you know, there's a great quote that I, I like to try to live by. Uh, uh, Smart people learn off of their own mistakes, but geniuses learn off of others. And so if you can take anything from today's uh, conversation with Danny and myself, uh, please just Instagram, tweet it, Facebook it, and get connected with us. But um, before we end it out, I'm going to ask uh, you about four or five, you know, sort of scratching the itch curiosity questions that I like to ask most of my guests if you're, uh, if you're down for that, Danny. Yeah, let's go. Awesome, dude. Um, first thing I like to ask just to make someone feel a little bit less alone um, is uh, what's a What's a deep thought that you're having during the day that you just kind of wish you didn't have, but you keep having it? And, um, dude, if you don't feel like going into this, uh, don't be pressured. But uh, I know a deep thought for me is um, just so I, I I don't feel like you're doing this alone. Um, for me, is just uh, I often have that that thought about uh, just not being lovable. Um, so, uh, what's that one bad thought that you keep having? 
Um, it's not necessarily bad, but you know, I'm always wondering, you know, what am I going to do next? What's my next move? How am I going to level up? How am I going to be better? Um, putting a lot of pressure on myself to do big things, make big moves, and not really living in the moment. If if I make any mistake more frequently than other, it's it than another. It's consistent failure to live in the moment and not appreciating uh, what I have in front of me. Uh, and that is something that I'm going to work on uh, in 2018 this year uh, is to be more appreciative, show more gratitude for what I have in each and every moment. Dude, I believe 100% you'll get there. Uh, the Power of Now is a great book. It's currently... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a... What's because because you know I think oftentimes uh, we live in quotes and mantras. What's a current quote or mantra that you are are currently trying to adopt into your life? Oh my gosh, that is it's so funny because I live my life with quotes. I love quotes, and Same of here. course now that I'm on the spot, <laughs> I can't come up uh, with a quote for you. Um, which is pseudo embarrassing because I'm a big quote guy, but I really like uh, a mantra from Napoleon Hill's work and his writing. If you're familiar with him, yeah, uh, on developing persistence and the four steps to developing persistence, uh, which are having a definite purpose, okay, knowing your why, having a definite plan, and sticking to it, and really making sure that you follow it thoroughly with intent, uh, having a mind closed off to discouraging and negative influences and, and being, you know, okay with failing, but not accepting discouragement and being positive and forming friendly alliances with other people who are going to encourage you to reach your goals. So having a purpose, a plan, resilience, and uh, community, you know, that's a big mantra for me and, and keeping those people around me that are going to support me is huge that is enormous my man uh that is oh yeah like you said huge uh i i'm not that familiar with napoleon hill's work i do like his one quote if you can't make great happen then take small great actions every single day so um those are those are that's a quote that I really love from Napoleon Hill. I I do I'm going to check out the four, the four he calls it four pillars of success. I don't know um what he would per, per like you know label that um you know particular mantra uh but you can find it in Think and Grow Rich uh nice. which is one of his more popular works. Yeah. Think and grow rich. That is uh one of my Bibles, uh, for sure. That I, uh, I just always need to dig into just taking one or two quotes from that. Uh, hey man. So <laughs> this is a, a weird question, but I think it's it's very helpful for people. Um, sometimes we often feel like uh, we're just ourselves too much, and in order to actually get better we need to uh, maybe adopt someone else's way of doing things. So if you were to be anyone for an entire month, who would you want to be and why? Uh, probably Elon Musk, uh, the founder <laughs> of Tesla. Just because I appreciate 
not only what he's doing for the environment and for the planet and for us as a as a species um but i admire his resilience in the face of adversity he's had more people than not tell him that his dreams were uh impossible not just improbable but impossible um you know been laughed out of rooms been told he was crazy and um what he's been able to accomplish in the face of adversity, uh, the company he's built in Tesla, the service he's doing for humanity to me is, is something that is extremely admirable. And uh, if I could be him for a month just to see and, and feel how hard he works to put his dreams into, re- or into action and make them reality would be, I think, invaluable. Dude, that is... Yeah, he's the man. You should check out. Um, I don't know if you've ever checked out uh, his interview uh, with. Um, oh God, I'm totally having a. I'm blanking right now on the actual, but he's got. Uh, I'm sure a multitude of interviews you can check out on YouTube. I know, I know what you're talking about too. I can't. I can't think of the guy's name. Um, but he's a pretty big interviewer in yeah. the uh, network news space. Um. But I cannot remember the dude's name to save my life. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw it in the show notes for people to check out because I really do think that that sort of thinking um, it, I may cause a little stir in you at first, but I think it it often uh, gets you to think a little bit less about yourself and more about the bigger picture, which is ultimately what can help you with your happiness levels. Um, but the next thing I'd love to ask is uh. What's a what's a habit that you're curious about adopting in your life that you haven't yet tackled? Meditation is a big one for me. Um because I've always had uh ADHD, I think that it's really difficult for me to sit still, uh truly come in touch with my breathing to a point where I can meditate. Um I've done float tanks before. I've done the sensory deprivation chamber float tank things. Um, and I think that that works for me because I'm physically locked in a floating tank, so I can unwind, but I find it really difficult to sit still and meditate just in my room or in any space. And, uh, another one that I would like to adopt is gratitude journaling or, uh, physically writing down the things that I'm grateful for every day. Uh, I know a lot of people that are quite successful that have that habit and ritual, and I think that it'd be something worth implementing into my daily routine in 2018. You know, it's funny that you talk about rest because rest, I think, is um, so it's just not sexy for people. It's not cool. And it's it's actually uh, it's almost harder than actually pushing it, I think, uh, is rest. And and knowing that the the time that you need rest is not when your body goes, hey, shut off right now and rest. It's actually those times when it's just like, you know, everything's actually going along good because that's when it pays off. Like it'll actually pay off when you do the meditation, when you're just kind of like balanced with things. Um, because uh, there's a big difference too between like just your body shutting down and or just having a nice like five minute. I think, dude, if you're really serious about getting into meditation, check out the Calm app. Uh, that thing has been. I my have it on my phone. And it's, yes, it's, uh, untouched because, as I said, it is a uphill battle for me, which is why I want to do it. You know, I, I I like challenges. I like taking things on that aren't necessarily easy. So maybe 2018 will be the year where I become a master meditator. 
yeah hey and if it's time for you it's time for you so don't um don't feel like you suck if you can't get into it um some people are really hard on themselves with that kind of stuff uh but this show is just i'm telling you guys uh you matter and you're enough all the time uh the next thing i'd like to ask you though is uh if you had three minutes danny to record a um just a saying or something that you want your family members to remember you from or you want your loved ones to remember you from or you just want the world to really know what are what are you going to include in those three minutes oh my gosh that is very esoteric um i don't know you know i think that leaving an impact making a difference um touching the lives of the people around you, truly taking into account how fortunate you might be to be where you're at. I mean, I so often take for granted how fortunate I am not only to have the things that I have, but the people that I have in my life and um, never take for granted how lucky we are just living in this country, for example, here in America to have the freedoms that we have, things available to us that we have. Um, if I had three minutes, I would absolutely express the importance and sentiment of being grateful. Um, I would make a huge push to try to squeeze the importance for being well and healthy into that three minutes, even though I could talk about that for 30 minutes. Um, and I would tell all the people closest to me how much I love them, how much I appreciate them. And how um, grateful I am for them making me the best version of myself every day and being the driving force uh, behind my desire to be successful and make an impact. Wow. 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 Thank you, Danny, for sharing that. Um, we'll have to get you back on, man. Do another 30 minute episode of just all the things you'd like to say. Um, because uh, that's actually one of my ideas and, and, um, if you're listening to this right now and you steal this idea company, I, I'm going to hunt you down. But as uh is literally a company that goes out there and sets up uh fake funerals for people. And, um, before you've actually had your funeral, you know what it's like, uh, to have it. And, you know, the people that uh, are in your life, they matter a lot. And we forget that through our, the craziness of life and just, being reminded how much impact we are leaving on, on each other. And I think everyone should have the chance and the opportunity to have that. So um, with that being said, uh, since we just got a little esoteric and deep, um, I'd like to leave it off with something a little bit more exciting. What is Danny excited to tackle and, and what is he curious about learning and um, what is he looking forward to in the future? Uh, I want to be an expert in my field. You know, I want to be the best uh, strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, wellness coach that I can be. If that takes me down the route of formal education to getting my doctorate degree and being involved in a more institutionalized education platform, then awesome. If it's making a difference on the social media space and podcasting, then awesome. But uh, I am really excited to scale up the difference I make in people's lives in 2018. And I'm going to put the pedal to the metal and make that happen. I believe you will. That's why I want you on the show. You guys, this guy is going to blow up. I promise you he's going to blow up. Danny Montraga, please check him out. 
um, if they want to get a hold of you, Danny, because let's that's just that's let's put it to the pudding, uh, or let's say proof is in the pudding. That's what I want to say. Uh, not pudding. <laughs> not pudding. I kind of like putting to the pudding. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, uh, but if people want to reach out to you, where can they get at you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Mind Pump Danny. All of my uh, email contact is is very easily reached through there, um, and you know that's the predominant space that I occupy on the internet as of right now. Um, I plan on scaling that up when I have some more free time, but you know, right now, me, my clients, my trainers—that's my big focus. But I will continue to publish actionable, positive. Uh, and educational content on that platform. So I would love to interact with any and all of you in that space if possible. That's awesome. Yes. And uh, I will include all that stuff in my show notes. So guys, you don't need to stop driving now and, and write this down. You'll find it in the show notes. And guess what? Another thing is going to happen is I am going to allow you guys to join Scratch Your Own Itch facebook group uh creating a life worth living if you want to join that i'm sure danny will be in there too i'm going to try to get him in there so if you have a question about this kind of stuff just please don't be don't 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 go and hurt yourself by you know being more confused go to where you can get solid expertise in this area and danny is there to help um uh, and, and, and I'm here to help too. So, um, you know, of course, if you guys are just confused and you want to feel like you want to create a life worth living, get on that. And, uh, but last but not least, I just want to say thanks again, Danny, for coming on scratch your own itch. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. And, uh, thank you for creating a place and a message for those out there that, you know, need a little light to continue to thrive and, and live. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course, man continue to thrive and, and live thank you very much yeah scratch your own itch so if you found any of this insightful instructive maybe it's really making you think or maybe it's actually creating something inside of you where you just have to jump onto it right away then please share this episode because great messages are meant to be shared and also don't forget to subscribe to an episode of scratch your own itch because when you do, then you're notified on every single time an episode rolls out. And also, if you don't mind taking a little bit of time out of your day to just leave a review and just tell me honestly what you think of the show. And email me, logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com if you want to start a podcast of yourself and start telling your story. Although, I have to warn you, I don't take everybody only because I want to make sure that their message is going to be for the best 
to be unique because when you're unique, you don't have any competition. When you're just being you instead of trying to be like anybody else or everybody else. I want to help you break out of your mental hibernation and start creating a life worth living. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.